It's time for the Luca Rosano Show. Here's your host, Luca Rosano. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Luca Rosano Show presented by Dave and Buster's Vaughn. They have just reopened their doors, so go check them out and support local business. I'm back on this podcast with a very special guest. I'm joined by Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report, who has made some headlines of late. Jake, how you doing, man? Thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy day and schedule. I know you're extra busy these days, but uh, how's it going? It's going, man. Our rooms are flying. It's, it's draft week. You know, it's uh, we do this song and dance every year, so it's good to be back. But also, you know, I'm looking forward to a vacation in a couple weeks. So, yeah. how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Just uh, as you uh, are excited for the NBA draft, I, I'm I am too. And you know, there's been a lot of crazy rumors going around, and uh, I want to start, you know, talking about some of those rumors with you. And we're just gonna dive right into it. Um, you know, I cover the Raptors very closely on this channel, and and recently reported that the Raptors are exploring all sorts of trades ahead of the draft, including trades involving Pascal Siakam, who is now considered available. Uh, what more can you tell us about this? Yeah, I mean. I think it's important to, to consider that all these situations, you know, Bradley Beal in Washington, Damian Lillard in Portland, Ben Simmons in Philadelphia, Pascal Sackle in Toronto, this trade market that's evolving, they're all impacted by each other, right? And I think with Toronto having this number four pick here, it, it's a really interesting inflection point for this franchise where you know, they still have enough pieces in play from that 2019 championship run where, you know, Kyle Lowry could still feasibly re-sign in Toronto, right? If they make some blockbuster move to bring in a Bradley Beal or bring in other type of, you know, win-now players, they can still retain Kyle Lowry. It's still a plausibility, and they could, you know, push their chips back in for another playoff run. But there's also the opportunity to kind of sell off here and yeah. start a rebuild with this 2021 class that is considered to be a super deep class. So... I think the Raptors are kind of just sitting back, not sitting back, they're super active in, but sitting back, back and exploring what their, what their moves are in front of them and really, you know, looking up under every stone and calling things about Pascal. Like, I just got off with an assistant general manager before we got on the phone who, um, you know, is, uh, like, saying Pascal Siakam is definitely available and there's, there's continuing to be movement about, you know, just seeing what packages come back, so... We can unpack more if you want, but that's kind of my, my first answer for you there. <laughs> what does the market look like for Siakam right now? I mean, here's a guy who's coming off an inconsistent season and a half early, going back to the bubble, and he just had uh, left shoulder surgery. Yeah, I think the shoulder surgery plays a factor in the value back in terms of what they – and that's going to be – the NBA is a marketplace and an ecosystem where owners and players and agents and executives, they're all acting – to try to maximize their earning potential and their ability to put themselves in a position to win a title. And that, that theme is all throughout, you know, my book, you know, looking at team building and it's really kind of where I think the rise of these analytical executives, like Dale Moore is breeding the Sam Hinkies and the Sam Presti's breeding, you know, Rob Hennigan and other people around the league popping up. Like we're in this game of trying to, you know, if you're at the top, you are always trying to push your chips in the table and, you know, get the most value in a deal, get the most value in a contract that can ultimately, you know, push your team toward the title within these ridiculously stringent cap restrictions at the play. So with Pascal, that, that, that shoulder injury is going to be something teams are going to say, um, you know, is, is why his value is lower. But also, I mean, there's just been a general lower, I don't know, valuation on Siakam. I think dating back to the Orlando bubble, I think, you know, you know, his postseason performance wasn't exactly stellar there. 
Mm-hmm. And I think there's just been ripple effects since then, and this is all kind of coming to a head now as the draft presents such an opportunity with that pick at number four with all these other potential moving pieces for them to explore all opportunities. So uh, you, you did also say that the Raptors are reportedly uh, pursuing Ben Simmons, and there has been, and I quote, haggling uh, between both sides. How likely do you think the Raptors actually do get a deal done involving Pascal and land a star player in return, whether it be Simmons or somebody else? Yeah, the Simmons... Uh, Siakam situation, they seem pretty similar. Both teams, Philadelphia and Toronto, seem to be interested for various reasons of on the court and intel off the court um, and, you know, connectivity issues with other members of that franchise. It seems to be why these guys are also, you know, in the forefront of trade conversations. But, you know, I think with the Simmons situation, Daryl Morey is clearly holding out hope or at least, I'm not going to say so definitively, but this is what, how it just seems. It seems pretty clear that Daryl Moore is holding out hope that Bradley Beal, who, again, I reported that he is considering it. I spoke to someone this morning that he is considering a trade, but there's still a great expectation in the league that Bradley Beal will not request a trade. In that event, Daryl Moore is still going to hope that, 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 that Damian Lillard comes back from Tokyo and looks at the landscape of Portland's roster and the rest of the league, and he does request a trade. And in that regard, he will be kicking himself if Ben Simmons is no longer on his roster to do so. So I think, you know, short of the Bradley Beal situation coming into play here, I don't think there's going to be much Ben Simmons traction moving forward um, until, you know, later in the offseason as the free agency stuff starts to sift out, unless some team comes in and gives Philly an offer that they would love. And, you know, when when we poke around the league and, and, and ask about, um, that type of situation with Toronto. It sounds like the Sixers have more of an eye on Fred Van Vliet and OG Ananubi than Pascal Siakam, which you know, OG is a player that everyone in the NBA is very quick to point out is a favorite of Messiah's and the overall front office. So that seems to be a non-starter and where those talks have kind of stalled so far. What about the Warriors? I know there was some traction a couple weeks ago that they could have maybe gotten involved and uh, traded for Siakam. Uh, any, any news on that? Anything that you heard? I think, you know, with Golden State, Sure, it's an opportunity. Like that's an opportunity that Toronto would love to see moving Pascal for, and that package with Wiseman and Andrew Wiggins coming back is something that you know the Raptors have been very aggressive looking to find athletic young big men for years now. I mean, they were following Andre Drummond before they made the trade um, to get Marcus All, and they have been long rumored to be suitors for Jared Allen. And depending on how things shift here, I'm sure they'll throw some money at him in free agency. You know, Wiseman was someone that they were talking, it was definitely a rumor they were interested in last year. You know, his value, I think, is probably lower right now, objectively, than where it was coming into the draft. But I think that's where that you know stuff has stemmed from. But it does not seem like Golden State has much intrigue at that offer. And you know the Warriors are getting pressure from their star players to say, go get another guy, other pieces to help push us to win a championship. And I don't know if Pascal Siakam is the name that they're going to be you know signing off on. So outside of the Warriors and Sixers, are there a couple of teams that could make a, an aggressive push for Siakam? I haven't heard of that right now. I mean, the, the, the talk around the league about Pascal Siakam trade conversations seems to be more generated by Toronto exploring the market than other teams calling and asking for you know, what it would take to get how do you view Siakam personally? Like, do you think this is the guy that the Raptors should try and get as much as they can for now? Or should they hold on to him and be a little bit more patient with him? You know, it's tough to say. I'm not an NBA executive for a reason, right? I'm not in those rooms and full. Like, there's, I've only, there's only so much level of information that we do know as much as, you know, you do talk to people or in the room and having those conversations. So, 
it sounds like it's a situation that um, all sides could benefit from a change of scenery. Same thing with Ben Simmons, like I said. Same thing with you know Bradley Beal potentially too. Same thing with a lot of players in the league. There's a lot of players in the league who are unhappy, who are looking for a new team, who are looking for new minutes, who don't like their head coach, who don't like their player development coach who's been assigned to them. You know, there's always an opportunity for players to just say, hey, I'm going to go to that team and I'll be much more happier. I'll have a better situation and I'll be able to put myself in a spot to perform and make my next contract. And like the same thing with Kyle Kuzma. You know, Kyle Kuzma is definitely looking, I mean, not definitely, bear with me here. You know, it seems pretty clear that Kyle Kuzma is hearing his trade talk and looking at his opportunity. He saw what Julius Randle did and what Brandon Ingram did after they left the Lakers. And he's like, look, this is my opportunity to do that too. So I think that's kind of what, um, you know, just, that's all, all that context is to say, like, sometimes a trade is necessarily like a bad breakup. It's just like a, a it's like a good opportunity to, uh, to kind of start our next chapter. You said before that this upcoming draft has a chance to be very, very special. Are there any teams that you anticipate could trade up and try to get a, a higher pick in the draft because of how special it is? I mean, the Raptors have been reportedly, I think, trying to trade up. Is there a, another team on your radar? Yeah, I mean, Memphis just did. Um, you know, Wood broke it a couple minutes before we came on, and I, I got that the, the 2022 first-round pick, New Orleans is sending Memphis his top 10 protected. Um, so it's definitely, I mean, the, 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 the traction's happening. That's the deal I thought was going to be um, the one that, the, the shoe that dropped first. Um, but and from there, all teams picking 9 through 13 outside of Memphis are considered to be open for trade. And the Rockets are a team mentioned that want to move up. The Knicks are a team mentioned that want to move up. Brooklyn's a team mentioned that wants to move up. Um, and there's all, a lot of teams that want to trade out of the back of the first round for second-round picks or for veterans. So there's going to be – I mean, I talked to a team cap guy um, who said, you know, this is going to be the craziest, most, you know, trade-filled draft night possible and wow. certainly seeming like that, that's going to happen. Uh, that's wild. I mean, that's definitely going to be exciting from a, a fan's perspective. Do you anticipate any other crazy moves happening this offseason, or do you generally think it's going to be a quiet one? Well, the league tends to operate like dominoes. So if the Bradley Beal situation were to come to a head, if Daniel Lillard you know, were to change teams, that would typically spark reactionary moves, or not necessarily right away, but teams would definitely start to look about you know, other opportunities here. Um, to improve their roster. And Daryl Moore is definitely um, someone that, um, you know, loves to look at his roster as not a finished product on day one of training camp. So I think that's also a thing that, you know, a lot of teams start to look at now. You know, there's, there's, there's always opportunities to improve on the margins, especially in this world where we have buyouts and guys get to you know, kind of navigate where they want to go, like Andre Drummond to the Lakers or Kevin Birch even going to Toronto, you know? Yeah. So, in that, in that ecosystem, I think, you know, if a deal were to occur in later August, it would certainly start, you know, at least people having conversations looking elsewhere. Oh, where'd you go? Oh, there you go. Sorry. Uh, sorry, I had a call. It's all good. It's all good. I know you got to get out of here before I do uh, let you go. I just want to talk a bit about your uh, your book. That definitely seems like an interesting read. Uh, Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever. It's now available for purchase. I'll put a link down below in the description. Why don't you uh, give us a little preview of what this book is all about? Yeah, thank you so much for that. Um, you know, I, I grew up from Philly, so I was covering that social situation pretty closely as I was coming up as a reporter at Espanation Liberty Ballers, and I was at Slam Magazine, and at Sports Illustrated, and, you know, the big theme at the beginning of my career was I was from Philly and I went to school in Boston. It was 
starting at TV Garden with a credential on my neck and meeting people. And it was just a, the tanking conversation was something I couldn't escape. It was something that was happening across the board because that 2014 class was considered to be the best class you know, since 2003, which is ironically, you know, the 2021 group we're talking about now is in that same type of hype machine. So it just, it's, I really tried to peel back the curtain. I talked to 300 people, um, you know, for that book, over 300 people, players, wow. agents, coaches, executives, you know, you name it, who, I mean, a lot, a lot of my reporting of Bleach Report right now is you know, anonymous, anonymously sourced, excuse me, being that, you know, it's sensitive information in the moment. But, you know, I, I look back, you know, five years ago and I got a lot of people to talk on the record about some really crazy shit. Um, you know, George Carl's King stuff and body Divac and, you know, really interesting behind the scenes details in Philly and Boston and the Lakers with Kobe and, you know, all this type of stuff. It kind of shows you how the, everything we're talking about right now, how these things happen on the ground in real time. And I kind of kind of peel back the, the curtain of, you know, how this NBA ecosystem of all these independent actors really functions behind the scenes. You're a Sixers fan, correct? No, no, no. No, no, no. I was a Sixers fan as a child. It was a very nice way to foray into NBA, but at this point... <laughs> At this point, I I couldn't. It'd be too exhausting to root for a team. It's just wow. This yeah. This this business is uh, it, it's a beast, you know. So I just I, I definitely I I just kind of view myself as like an objective observer of what's happening. I'm just kind of interested in what this world is bringing up every day, you know. That's interesting. I always wondered with you know some reporters if they actually did heavily root for a team. That's yeah. actually interesting. And I thought for sure you would have been a fan of a team, but I guess that's an easier way of doing your job. So at least you're not extremely biased with some for situations. Sure. For sure, I mean, I'm definitely Eagles fan, absolutely. But yeah, when the Sixers lost, my first thought was, "Shit, this is not going to help me." <laughs> like Mir and Fader, my good friend at the Ringer, killed it with the timing. Her book on Giannis is coming out. Everyone should buy it. She writes this amazing biography. As this dude climbs the mountaintop, like I was hoping that was gonna happen with Philly winning it all, right? I didn't care they were gonna win it for like fandom purposes. Phoenix winning would have been great too. They were in the book. Boston winning it, you know. I was I root for you know things that make people happy and the stories that I'm working with or working on that I want to talk to in the post game locker room. Yeah. Or I root for you know things that you know for good people that I come across in this business who I am you know hoping get some success and stuff like that more so than team by team and some there's sometimes i'm rooting for a team and sometimes i'm rooting against that team just because yeah. you know I, I tune in on wednesday night and it'd be, it'd be cooler for the people involved on team y than team x to win the game so that's kind of where i'm at well if you were a sixers fan i would have slandered you on this podcast being a raptors fan for a whole little uh, rivalry <laughs> see i missed that whole rivalry man i got out of the fan game in, in like 2012 so like i get it my brother's still diehard but like that didn't even like, the fact you just said there's a rivalry there. It didn't even like register in my head. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Well, uh, guys, definitely go check out Jake's book. Again, I'll put it in the description. Um, and yeah, I'm sure it's a, a great read. I'm gonna go pick one up myself and, and read one. So, uh, Jake, thank you so much for your time, man. Thank I know you, you're man. extremely busy. Thank you for doing this, guys. Go follow him, Jake L. Fisher on Twitter. And uh, Jake, enjoy this uh, this next crazy two weeks or so. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thank you guys for watching. Like uh, the podcast, subscribe, share, and I'll catch you all again in the next one. Take care.